Welcome to HJ Talks About Charities, a dedicated podcast series from our charities team at Hugh James. In this podcast, we talk about topical issues and the latest developments affecting charitable and not-for-profit organisations to help provide some practical guidance to ensure they run effectively. We are lawyers, so we will touch on the legal standpoints surrounding the topics, but don't worry, we'll keep the legal ease to a minimum. Hello, I'm Emma Poole and I'm Client Relationship Manager here at Hugh James. Today I'm joined by Eleanor Evans, who is Partner and Head of Trusts and Estates Administration. Sounds marvellous. Bear in mind, we've actually been here for 13 years now. I realise Eleanor was the person who introduced me on my first day. Uh, So it's lovely to see that she's now Partner and Head of Trusts and Estates Administration. But today we're going to be talking about probate fees and probate registry delays that have been happening for some months now. Uh, Obviously, Eleanor will be able to give us a bit of background as to where we currently are with them, what's happened over the last few months and what's caused them and the impact that it's having particularly on our charity clients and some of our individual clients. So hello Eleanor. Hello Emma, thank you very much for that kind introduction. Uh, well, can you tell us a little bit just to sort of explain the background really as to what exactly probate is, what the process should be when you're going through a grant of probate and kind of what's happened really? Of course, so probate is the sort of generic term for the process that's followed when somebody dies. And a grant of probate is a legal document that's issued by the court to the executor or the administrator of the estate. And that document gives the executor or administrator, they're also known as personal representatives, the legal authority to deal with the deceased's assets. So using the grant of probate, they can close the deceased's bank accounts, they can pay their debts, and they can sell any property that was part of the deceased's estate. So presumably, until they've got that, their hands are sort of tied, they can't really do a great deal. That's right, they, they can't do very much. Um, they can take sort of initial protective steps to do things like secure the deceased's property, make sure it's adequately insured. They can notify all of the banks and building societies, insurance companies, etc., of the death but they're not able to access the funds in the accounts or sell any assets until probate has been granted. So if you're a charity that's been named in a will, you won't get any of that legacy until that grant of probate has been given, is that right? That's right. So charities will be notified by the solicitors or the the lay executors or administrators dealing with the estate that they are entitled to a legacy. And they will then be kept updated regarding the progress of the estate administration, but they won't be able to receive any of the money that they're due until after the grant of probate has been received. And so what would the process of the grant of probate have been before? Am I right, it's November last year that they said they might have these fees, and that's when we started to see changes starting to happen in the process. But what would the process have been before that, so we know what we should be able to expect and how it's changed? So the, the initial part of the process is for the solicitors or executors or administrators dealing with the estate to establish what all of the assets and liabilities are and what their values are as at the date of death. And once they've been able to gather all that information, they prepare the required inheritance tax forms for HM Revenue and Customs. And if there is inheritance tax to pay, that inheritance tax bill needs to be settled before the application can be made for the grant of probate. The application is either made um, by solicitors who arrange for the personal representatives to sign a statement of truth, 
or it can be made um, by personal application by the executives or administrators if they're not legally represented. It's also possible to apply online. It used to take around two weeks for the probate registry to issue a grant of probate. But as you say, the, the situation changed following the announcement in November 2018 that the Ministry of Justice was planning to increase the fees payable for probate. The, the fees payable for probate currently and as at November 18 were £155 for a solicitor's application and £215 for a non-solicitor's application. And the proposals back in November last year were to increase the fees to a sliding scale which would depend on the value of the estate. So the, the minimum fee would have been £250 and that would apply for estates that were valued over £50,000. So there's no fee at all for estates that are below £50,000 under the, the proposed changes. And the, the scale then increased by increments up to a maximum of £6,000, which would apply for estates valued of £2 million and over. So obviously the, the jump was pretty large. Mm. And this is actually the, the second time that it's been proposed that probate fees increase. And the, the last time it happened was back in 2016, where it was proposed that fees would increase in 2017. And those proposals were actually for even higher fees. The maximum fee then would have been £20,000. Yeah, so the, those proposals were actually shelved um, due to there being a general election in 2017. But obviously they were sort of brought back onto the table in November last year. So the proposed increases obviously created a bit of panic in the profession and in the probate industry because beneficiaries of estates would clearly be adversely affected in the more valuable estates by the, the increases to the fees, which were due to take effect in April this year. And this meant that there was a rush to get applications for probate in quickly before the fees changed in April this year. Obviously, that was really important because one day you'd have a fee of £155 and the next you might have a fee of £6,000. Yeah, you want to get in the queue early then, don't you? Exactly. Um, so that, that sort of started to cause a bit of panic and it meant there was a real influx of applications to the probate registry in around March, April time this year, which didn't seem to have been planned for by the by the probate registries and it created a huge backlog. So we started to see delays at the probate registry and those delays varied from case to case, um, but typically we were waiting around between five to 12 weeks a grant of probate whereas previously it had taken two weeks right and so during that time that means charities don't know um, you know when they're going to get mm -hmm. any of the money that they were planning on having and similarly mm -hmm. you've got families who understandably they're grieving and probably have a little bit of a sort of psychological yes, difficulty yes. getting any closure during that time because they're not really able to start making those practical steps that they can to to bring something sort of forward is that an accurate sort of perception. It is, I think that's fair to say. You know, families do expect closure and they're, they're keen to get estates administered so that they can move on mm. and, and not have to think about it anymore. From the charity's perspective, 
charities have to plan what they're going to do with their legacy income. They're very heavily reliant on it. And delays of, of this much you know, really do have an impact on, on what they can do. It was very difficult because there was no sort of structure to, to what was happening. As we understand it, applications weren't necessarily being dealt with in date order. So some might come back within five weeks and some would take 12 and there was no right more reason to which cases were taking longer than others. Um, we're aware that some of the local probate registries were performing better than others. So that meant that work was being shipped around from registry to registry. And again, that could cause further delays. So yeah, it really did create a lot of problems. Mm. And so am I right that the decision on that has been changed now, that gradually those sort of delays are actually starting to be resolved? The delays are now starting to be resolved. We're still not seeing anything like the two-week turnaround time that we used to see last year and, and previously. So now here at Hugh James, we're seeing applications take around six to eight weeks to be processed at the probate registry. It's taken a long time, obviously, for these issues to resolve. And unfortunately, the registries were hit with a bit of a perfect storm because at the same time as the proposed probate fees increase, they also were dealing with a new IT system being rolled out. So there were new systems for online applications for probate and new styles of grants of probate. We understand that the registries also had problems with their printers. So there was a period of time where they couldn't even print grants of probate. Right. Uh, so that was happening at the same time as the planned fees increase. And also there was an announcement that the probate registries were to be restructured and the local registries were going to be closed and the probate registry business essentially centralised into Birmingham. So the staff at the probate registries were sort of operating in uncertain times. Um, they were having to contend with the changes to their IT systems and also this huge influx that had arisen because of the planned changes to probate fees. And not knowing their future, presumably. Not knowing their future, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what can we expect now? We're hoping that the service will return to normal. The planned increases to probate fees have actually been cancelled. So the draft legislation to increase the fees went through its various stages in the House of Lords and the House of Commons. But due to the B word that nobody likes to talk about <laughs> at the moment... Was it that Brexit one? Brexit <laughs> um, unfortunately... Parliament have been a bit busy, so they've, um, <laughs> they've not been able to um, sort of devote the time to, to getting through secondary legislation such as this that's been tabled. What's led to the U-turn? Was there a lot of lobbying? What, what kind of led to it, or don't we know? We, we know a bit about it. So the legislation had to be considered by various committees in line with the, the normal procedures, and there was a lot of criticism to the, to the proposed change. The, the fee increase, as we've discussed, was a very large increase. And the, the Ministry of Justice, essentially, when, when making the proposals, said that the planned fee increases would go to funding the court system as a whole. Now, the, the Ministry of Justice actually has power to levy fees which 
cover the costs of the services they provide. But the private registry already covers its own costs, and these fees were intended to benefit the court system as a whole. So there was a lot of criticism from professional bodies, such as the Law Society, the Society for Trusts and Estates Practitioners, STEP, and Solicitors for the Elderly, saying that well, these changes are not merely a cost-covering exercise. You know, actually, this is starting to look a bit more like a tax. The committees in the House of Lords and House of Commons that considered the draft legislation also raised concerns like this, that the, the changes were actually starting to look like they might be outside the powers of the Ministry of Justice. Unfortunately, the proposals did still get through each of the stages that they were put through. But, as I said, delays arose due to Brexit happening. And in September, when Parliament was prorogued by Boris Johnson, the vote to approve the fees increase by the House of Commons actually lapsed. So at the time we thought, well, this is good news, and at least something good happened. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to slip something what under the happening? radar while everyone's Brexiting. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, we thought, well, th that's it. They, you know, they won't be able to bring it back in immediately. We, we did think, well, they'll probably bring it back in again at some point. Mm. But obviously the, um, the prorogation of Parliament was subsequently ruled to be unlawful, which meant the, the statutory instrument was effectively back on the table. Um, it was there, it was ready to be considered. But then it was announced in October this year that the plans to increase the probate fees had been scrapped. The, um, the Secretary of State for Justice, Robert Buckland, said that the fees were not fair or proportionate and, um, and therefore the, the changes would not go ahead. So that was great news. You know, we were very happy here at Hugh James um, for our, our clients and our beneficiaries, particularly charities, who um, now won't have to suffer from this, um, this proposed fee increase, which would have affected their legacy income. So yeah, there was lots, there was lots of lobbying that, that, that took place with the professional bodies that I've mentioned, but also particularly on the charity side, the Institute for Legacy Management, Remember a Charity, and other charitable interest groups did a lot of lobbying. And you know, it seems that that lobbying perhaps was successful on this occasion, which was, um, which was fantastic. So in terms of the impact on them now, if, if the fee increase isn't now going to happen, obviously we hope that these delays will sort of gradually sort of peter out on the basis that if, if there was this big logjam caused mm -hmm. um, in April, yeah. um, where people were trying to get sort of first in the queue, you'd hope obviously that will even out a little bit now. Yeah. Have we got anything else sort of on the radar that we have to take account of? I'm just thinking... I, don't like to sort of predict, but is the winter a particularly busy time um, for the probate registry, or are there any other changes that we need to be aware of for next year? Yeah, so we, we do hope that the delays will continue to decrease and that we'll start to see a return to business as usual. We do know that additional staff were employed in the probate registries to, to aim to clear the backlog, and they certainly do seem to be clearing the backlog. But you're right in suggesting that the winter is a busy time of year for the probate registries. We typically see that um, there is an increase in the number of deaths in January to March. And this means there will be an increase in the number of applications for probate during that time. What we're also mindful of is that the um, restructure of the probate registries has not yet 
fully taken effect. The, the local registry in Birmingham has been closed and, um, and the work transferred into the, the central operation in Birmingham. Birmingham are also now taking telephone calls to request updates on progress of grant and probate applications. But there are still a number of local registries that remain open that are still processing applications for grants of probate. So the, the restructure of the registries still has quite a way to go. And it seems to me to be a possibility that this restructure could result in further delays as new staff are being trained in Birmingham, staff are leaving the local registries. Um, you know, if they know that there won't be a role for them any longer, they, they may leave. This can result in expertise in the probate registries being lost. Some probate applications are actually very complicated and they need to be considered by experienced staff or by probate registrars. And, you know, unfortunately, it does seem likely that there will be a loss of some of this knowledge as a result of the restructure. So there are some concerns that those factors could continue to impact on timescales. Unfortunately, it seems that we're just going to have to wait and see what will happen. But you know, fingers crossed, it'll start to return to normal. So there's not really, by the sounds of it, anything that charities specifically can do to try and get their ducks in a row um, mm-hmm. before next year. It's mm-hmm. very much a case of you know waiting to see any frustrations, at least they, they know the root of those hopefully is gone now. So mm. that it, it is just a case of just waiting it out. That's right. It's, it's obviously very difficult for the charities. They're not in control of the process. They're not the ones administering the estates in the vast majority of cases. They're, they're dependent on the, the solicitors or the personal representatives that are dealing with the estate administration. So they, they have to wait for, wait for their money. And you, know, you can see that must cause them real logistical difficulties in their planning. For practitioners who deal with probate, it's, it's really important that they keep their beneficiaries updated, particularly charities, um, with the understanding of the reasons the charities need this information regarding timescales and, and progress that's being made with the estate. Saying that, it's often difficult for solicitors themselves to know exactly what the timescales are going to be. You know, it, it can be difficult to get information out of the probate registries as to how long things are likely to take. We've actually been advised by the probate registries not to phone them to chase them mm-hmm. because you know, unfortunately this just ties people up in having to try and deal with the phone calls and chases when they could be processing the work mm-hmm. so it's counterproductive but obviously that does leave you in a position of some uncertainty. And you deal with a lot of the firm's individual clients, don't you? Yes. So how are you sort of taking steps to update people and make sure that they understand what's, what's been going on? Because I can imagine that's, that's quite a difficult... You're dealing with some quite sort of vulnerable mm-hmm. people, aren't you, um, yeah, who are right. going through quite a difficult time? Yeah, people are going through a difficult time. And, and we, we talked about closure before. That's what, what everybody is looking for. We make sure that we update beneficiaries of estates on a frequent basis. So we, we, we write to them or phone them or send them an email on at least a monthly basis to let them know what's happening and to update them on the timescales involved in, in the estate. One problem that we do see is where there's a property that forms part of the estate that needs to be sold. And sometimes it's the case that a sale of the property is agreed but we don't yet have the grant of probate. And that can obviously be really difficult because buyers keen to move forward. Sometimes you might have 
a chain in the conveyancing process. And so you know, various transactions are dependent on each of them. And often we're the ones holding up the chain because we don't yet have the granted probate. There's a risk that property sales will fall through because buyers want to progress, but we're not able to. So they decide that they'll go and buy another property. And really the only way to deal with that is to keep everybody up to date. So that's not just the beneficiaries of the estate or the families, it's also the conveyancing solicitors and the solicitors for the buyers and the estate agents to just so everybody's fully aware of what's happening, that these delays are outside of our control, but we're doing all we can. Mm. And are the probate registries sending out communications fairly regularly to confirm where they're at, or are they they're busy getting things done, I suppose? We don't really get any communications as to timescales from the probate registries themselves. There are announcements from the Ministry of Justice, and we do receive updates in, for example, the Law Society Gazette, where details of um, the delays and the current timescales are reported on. We have found, unfortunately, though, that sometimes the statistics that are quoted are not necessarily helpful and may present the data that's available in a certain way. So they're not necessarily reflective of the experience we're actually having in these states that we're administering. And so do you think there's any likelihood, bearing in mind it was mentioned back in 2017 that they might increase the fees and then it got shelved and now it's been mentioned again but it's been shelved, do you think we might see that pattern sadly again where it gets introduced when perhaps we've got a different government and people decide to revisit the issue? Well, I say never say never, but Robert Buckland has he's declared that the proposed increase is not fair and proportionate. I think it would be difficult to backtrack on that. He said that there may be small adjustments made to the fees when they are next reviewed, but I would expect such adjustments to be relatively small and not on the same scale that we're we're looking at here. If we have a Labour government, let's say it's very, very unlikely they would propose a fees increase. They actually opposed the changes from the outset. So it's likely that increases would only occur if we had another Tory government. But, yeah, as I say, I think it would be difficult to backtrack at this stage. Yeah, it, it might be something that could rear its head again much further down the line, but in my view, not in the imminent future. Well, that's really helpful to end on that positive yes. note. That fingers crossed uh, those probate fees won't be increasing for quite a long time uh, in the future. Um, and just hope that that restructure goes as sort of seamlessly as, as we hope it might. Um, <laughs> you don't look terribly confident no. about like Eleanor, but, um, but we'll wait and see. Well, thank you very much for your time. Lovely to speak to you. Really interesting for me to hear a bit more about um, the probate registry process and to watch and wait and see what our charity clients will have to look forward to over the next 12 months. So thank you very much. If you'd like to take part in the conversation, suggest a topic or need some further guidance for your organisation, please get in touch at charities at hjtalks.co.uk. For more information on Hugh James and the services we offer, visit hughjames.com or check us out on Twitter at Hugh James Legal.